This is Big Man Tyrone, and you're about to watch the MTG Cabal cast with your hosts, Wood, Thirsty, and Reptar. Sub to us on all your podcast networks at MTG Cabal Cast and YouTube. Oh boy. Welcome to the newest episode of the Cabal Cast. As you can tell by my glowing demeanor, this is going to be a wonderful episode about what a disaster today has been. First, we're going to lead off with BNR announcements, which were going to be the highlight. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Wizards just took a giant dump on their own business plan and announced Pioneer, which is going to occupy the bulk of the episode. So with that, let's take it away. Yep, uh, so the BNR is pretty quick and uh, clean cut. Uh, Field of the Dead gone in Standard, and Arkham's Astral Lab gone in Popper. The end. No mention of Oko in either. Well, yep. I guess you can only play in one of those formats, but they didn't mention it anywhere else. And they purposely said they would stay away from Vintage, which uh, they did. I think this goes to say a lot about the fact that uh, a little bit of insight that I threw, out, I threw out was if they only got rid of Field of the Dead and nothing else in Standard and they didn't mention anything else, then they did not realize how good this was internally and they had no cards to counteract this coming up in the next set, so they couldn't let it live until yeah. January. Which doesn't speak highly of play design, despite the fact that people want to believe in that team. So, you have some heaters in War of the Spark into Modern Horizons into uh, this set. Uh, Eldraine just issues running rampant because they're overlooking objects but things yeah. have been fixed for the time being and we'll see how standard shakes out over the next couple of weeks if you're playing goose i think you're good if you're not i think you're fighting an uphill battle but yeah that's me. uh as far as popper goes you know obviously we saw astrolabe coming if you want to dump them, DM me at the Cabalcast on Twitter. I'll pay $4 for every foil you have. Uh, That's awesome. I, we, we knew it was coming. Like they said, it's too homogenous. I think the right ban was Flicker and or Ephemerate. But Astrolabe got the hit. In a couple of months, we'll see one of the others come off. That's yeah. fine. Um, I, again, this was pretty straightforward. We saw it coming. We knew there wouldn't be any vintage restrictions after someone tweeted at Magic Esports and they were like, no, we're not going to mm -hmm. change it up prior to Eternal Weekend. And I think that's we, correct. I, I do as well. And we have the next announcement uh, on the 18th of November. Yeah. After one, two, three consecutive PTQs for Pioneer. Pioneer. The thrilling new Which, format that people have been clamoring for ever since Frontier stopped being a format. I just, I, I'm catatonic. I, I don't, I don't... Why would you launch a competing format to your most popular format? Uh, not to mention, if, like, the philosophy is that fetch lands just can't exist, you're restricting design space basically forever. Or... Because... You can't put them in standard sets, nope. so they've got to be in master sets, which you've said you're not doing for a while, but maybe Mystery is a Pioneer Masters, or who knows? Nope. Uh, it, you know, I've gotten messages from people that are like, man, I've never seen MTG Finance go this crazy. I'm like, yeah, you weren't around when Modern got announced. First was announced, yeah. 
Because, <laughs> you know, if, if you recall, the original modern ban list was uh, Top and Skull Clamp. That was it. That was it. Two cards, that's it. And then we had a Pro Tour, and like 20 cards got banned right away. Yeah, we lost the uh, Shoal, which was fine. We lost the Blue Cantress, which was fine. We lost Cloud Post Jeez. from that event. Yeah. Yeah, like there, there was a lot that just like, okay, I guess this is going away. So now everyone's brewing. For whatever reason, they think this format is fine with four Dig Through Time and four Treasure Cruise. Oh, yeah, there's no Fetch Lands, but there's Smuggler's Copter, there's Jay's Friend's Prodigy, there's Turn 1 Thought Seas, and boy, I cannot wait for all the people that thought Turn 2 Thought Erasure was terrible to get Turn, turn 1 Thought Seas, Turn 2 Thought Erasure. Oh, yeah. That's going to be great. This format's going to be choice. Like, I... I'm going with Jeskai uh, aggro, just not combo. I don't like the Ascendancy combo. That wasn't my jam. I, I was the, the guy convoking Stoke the Flames. I, I liked <laughs> nice. I liked that play straight into the Adrian Sullivan blue-black control deck with uh, Perilous Vault. Yeah. And, like, I have fond memories of playing in most of these formats up until Shadows over Innistrad, the tail end of that. When it was yeah. just the collected company mirror match all the time, but we were talking about it today in uh, th in our Discord where uh, one group is uh, has their own Google spreadsheet going of all their picks, what they expect to just spike up like throughout this time period, any like up to present standard cards, and I said uh, in our group I said just fill out this sheet with links to decks that have won Grand Prix and Pro Tours, and then this is what we target. You don't have yeah. to sit there and spin your wheels. Just to, like, look at all these decks. And then what happened? Within hours, people were playing Just Guy Ascendancy combo. Uh, uh, I was buying Seen Rally. The, yeah, I was buying Rally, Rally the Ancestors Marbled. as yeah. other people were competing in that space, too. Like, anything that's ever won a high-profile event, a GP, a Star City, or a, a Pro Tour at that point in time, or in that time period, is just not gone, but it's on its way out. And even the yeah. reprints are... Uh, the demand for these cards, including reprints, are moving the needle. We were seeing digs up to 450, I think, right now. Yeah. And it's a hell of a time because if you have the cards on hand already, then you're set to just start printing money and just like outing stuff immediately. If you've got to wait, there's a chance something gets banned from out underneath you, and then you're just kind of left holding the bag. Yeah. So you got to move quick on this. Uh, something that I think is a little bit, you know, everyone is all about Sahili Cat. I think it's a trap. Sahili Cat didn't exist in a format with Decay, Trophy, Sorcerer's Spyglass, any of that stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, but nobody's talking about Vizier combo? The Vizier remedies. Yeah, because it turns out Channeler Initiate exists. That's the Amonkhet rare. The two. Oh, I guess I guess that's remove a counter. Yeah, though, you, so can't. you can't place on. But um, yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, I I just think there's something there that's going to be broken. I think. Oh, 100 You know, going going a little bit more into the weeds, I think is better. We've got all the first hits. Those are done. Yep. Uh, up until like two hours ago, when I shipped the tweet, there were still stamped jvps for 40 bucks when the pack foil had hit 100 on tcg mm -hmm. um you know i obviously this is a pretty big opportunity oh, play yeah. death right shaman while you can that card is going to get banned i don't care what anybody says there are art is getting banned there are easy ways to put lands in your and your opponent's graveyards in this format don't forget that 
between Copter exists. Yeah, come on. Field of Ruin is in the format. Fabled Passage yeah. is in the format. We might not see Evolving Wilds, but there's like we have that. You have ways to mill yourself over that aren't just Smuggler's Copter too, and there are easy ways yeah. to put lands in your graveyard. You're going to be able to activate one of the three modes on that card fairly reliably. Yeah. Right. And uh, you know, there's. I just there there's a lot of opportunity. It's a dumb opportunity. This oh, yeah. format is dumb. This is a bad move, and like, this isn't just bitterness over like what this means for legacy. I just don't understand from a business perspective why you would steal from yourself. Yeah, I don't. But that's basically what they're doing. I don't get that either. You can't print that many masters packs in a year and expect people to continue to buy them to upkeep two formats that occupy that same space. The difference between Modern Masters and all the other Master Sets was the fact that dedicated Modern players are going to pick up that, whereas the EDH players can, and Legacy Vintage players can glom onto the other packs. There was an overlap, but it was not nearly as big as it's going to be for Pioneer and Modern. Yeah. Like, naming conventions aside and like the poor marketing in that regard, product naming, etc., this is just Watsy shifting numbers they're not creating a new revenue stream like we talked about over the weekend we didn't get the event we got the list of events but not the formats for this reason because they're slotting uh, pioneer in almost immediately and in the first half of the year we have one two no four. sorry yeah, four modern events in the first quarter of the year. Modern starts us off on January 10th, but then after that it's limited for th which uh, in Jersey, which is going to be a Theros release, and then it's Pioneer, Pioneer, Pioneer. Pioneer. Yep. Right, we have... Four Pioneer, and I guess the first Pro Tour is Pioneer? I think so, yeah. They're, they're pushing this format really hard, kind of the same way they did with Modern, where they just like want to throw as many players at this format as they can to massage it into place and then just get it playable. And I don't know if the player base as a whole is going to react well to this. I think this format is great if they wanted to introduce it at the local level only, the same way I thought Historic was going to happen, and become an organic movement from arena to paper. But as a, the over, an overall format like this where you're looking to sell this product possibly alongside modern product, you're not going to see the returns on this. I, I, I understand it because it's a brand new format, hoo-ha, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me either from a business perspective. It just seems poor. I And it's... You, you're announcing it in the competing space, and like you said, you can only print so many master sets. Not to mention, like, all right, cool. You, you say that you want this to be like new players want to play this. Mm -hmm. This is to get them in it. Alright, imagine you're a new player who joined this game in the last three months. And you found out about it through Arena. So in the last three months uh, you find out about Arena. You start playing on Standard. They introduce Historic. They introduce a new product that nobody knows what it is. They introduce a bunch of ways to get this new standard set when you decide to convert into paper. They introduce Brawl, and then they introduce Pioneer. That's a bad first impression, because that seems oh, very yeah. unstable and very chaotic. Uh, uh, speaking of unstable, you forgot about the unset. Oh, yeah, and unsanctioned. 
Yep. Which, as a new player, you're like, oh, so these cards aren't real. Yep. It is, it's been a very confusing past three months and longer for brand new players, but it looks... It just seems like they wanted a shotgun, a list of products to kind of juice interest in the game for 2020 to try and push revenue that way. It's like if we announce everything up front, people can reallocate their funds and better spend appropriately. But without a product slate for Pioneer, a moto-only format, so no microtransactions on Arena, you're only looking at physical product support in the forms of either a master set or a mi the mystery boost or whatever they're going to do but it's it's going to be supplemental only and it's got to yeah. be better than modern to really take off you know modern like for all it is prior to Mo prior to horizons it was not a bad format that was fairly fluid coming out of horizons there's a lot of fallout but you can't cite the, you know the death quote unquote of modern based on that set where Watsy just wanted to get a little too ambitious because the game didn't die after Urza's block and it sure didn't die after Mirrodin block and it didn't die after we went back to Mirrodin block and it didn't die at Kaladesh. It'll make it through Modern Horizons. If you want to cite price, bullshit. Hands yep. down. Fetch land's expensive. Urza's are like 45 bucks. Oko is more expensive than that. Like what, Amulet Titan? That's not that. That deck can't be that expensive right now. Yeah. Um, Fetchless Storm, not that expensive a deck. Burn is the quintessential like step into deck. Uh, for now, it's going to be the step into deck in a new format again. Oh yeah. I know. Yeah. I I know somebody going very hard on a. Uh, she had a lot of interesting things in her cart, and then she stepped back to quote unquote what she knew best. And just put all the good burn spells and uh, course, good creatures yeah. from that from those eras, like. And her first remark was, "I'm going to go back to this. I'm going to buy a million searing bloods and fuck you, Deathrite Shaman." Yep. Like. Uh, it's uh. It's an interesting time with Pioneer being this pushed. It's great for financiers. I don't think it's going to be good for the player base as a whole. I just no. I don't. I agree. Like, it's just... I, it's too confusing for new players. If this is what you're doing, if this is how you're marketing yourself, you need stability. You've got this new infusion of talent. Okay, well, it, you know, the local level, uh, not very many shops are happy with the way things are being run because you're selling boxes to Amazon yep. for what you're selling to wholesalers, and they're just doing FBA. Okay, great. They're fulfilling it themselves and making money. Yeah. And the LGS is losing money. Uh, you have this new software that you're using to push your game that cannot support a 64-person LAN, which my original Xbox can do to this day. Oh, yeah. The Halo LANs were fierce, bud. I, 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 what? And then you have all these products you're launching, like last minute, throwing out these high-level tournaments, and oh, here's a command fest that we're just going to spring on you. And then at the highest levels of play, you've got people getting caught cheating at top eights, you've got people being ousted for being awful human beings, and like all this stuff going on, and it's just like, it's a tumultuous time, and it's a bad look for the game, and I think that 
Well, yes, the front or the pioneer. Sorry, frontier. That's what it is. Uh, the frontier format being announced is great. You know, there's hardened scales lists already out here. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's. It's just. I don't know how sustainable this is. If organized play wasn't in the shape it is now, where you have LGSs folding or LGSs moving away from constructed uh, to limited, because those events might be a little more expensive, but they're more accessible to more players because you don't have to maintain a collection. Yeah. Then Pioneer might not be bad and still be decent at the ground roots level, even if it just fades away after this year and just falls into this thing that some LGSs support, much like Popper. Sure. Yeah. That's fine, but, you know, even now, as they still quote-unquote support Popper here and there with uh, gimmies like Astral, like, you know, good one on that, uh, they still don't put it up at Magic Fest, and they don't put it up at Pro Tours or champ- Mythic yeah. Championships, whatever you want to call it. And until they back Arena down all the way to RTR, which most likely would never happen with Historic on it, because at that point, why would you be competing against both of those? And what are you going to do? Charge eight times more wild cards for a Pioneer Rare than a Standard Rare? I don't know. I mean, there's there are your microtransactions, but they put it on Moto because the card base is there to test the format and let those guys have at it. It just seems... Hasty and slapdash. The for every bit as difficult as Blake Rasmussen's job is, and that guy is a saint. If I was him, I would have quit or like run into oncoming traffic by now because his job is impossible. Who is Blake? He's the PR director. Okay, at Watsy. Yeah. For every bit as difficult as his job is. Whatever idiot's job it is to come up with formats has the easiest job in the world. Let's come up with two competing formats that compete with our most popular format over the course of three months and unroll them. And you get to keep your job. I don't understand. I'm glad that maybe this means Moto sticks around. Yeah. I, I don't know. They are still hiring for software devs for the platform, by the way. I mean, good, um, good for them, I guess. Like, yeah, if they're going to phase it, out modern and literally just like make Moto kind of the niche program for old formats, they still have to program standard cards on there, so you still have to have one yeah. guy in a closet working on this thing, right? Yeah, but I just it, it's it is absurd to me that like they're doing this, and man, they. Wizards really is the best drug dealer in the world. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because they're, it doesn't matter what they do. We are, we are here for it. Oh yeah. We're gonna throw that money out, and it doesn't matter. But like, man, I'm not happy about it. No. It. I'm excited as a player because eventually one of the stores around me will uh, hold a Pioneer F and M just to see what's what, and I guarantee you. The only people that are going to have the cards to play decks in that format are going to be the people that were playing. Uh, the six of us left from that era, and it's just not going to be a fun for anybody else. It's just going to be like when yep. Modern first started, and it's just going to be a rough transition. 
people are going to yeah. have to buy back into this format. It's not like everybody has the luxury of being able to keep all their cards. That's where people like us come in. Do I get to move my 30 abrupt decays that I've been sitting on? Yes, I do. How about all the dig for times I've been picking up for bulk? They're gone. Like, th this, is, this is where we are, and this is what I mentioned before. I just get to dig back through my hive for all that stuff I've been sitting on, waiting for either commander demand or an unbanning. Out it. Uh, who knew it was a new format? Yeah. That's what we needed. Yeah. We don't need it. No, we don't. But at, at the same time, I can be happy about this format and play it at home. I Just like Popper. Or support it at a random night in my LGS as an off, you know, kind of off-brand format. I don't need a yeah. Magic Fest around this. I don't need a Mythic Championship around this. Just give me... Yeah. A, let me play the game in a way I enjoy, and if you want to support the format so I can play it at FNM and get my 1x PWP multiplier, dope. Yeah. I... The confusion demonstrated around the modern format, starting with Modern Horizons and moving forward, is ridiculous. Agreed. Because in the last six months, it's had a new product and essentially been shelved. It's now the legacy slot for Magic Fests. And legacy now gets the vintage treatment. A, and we're back to playing at LGSs. Yeah, a, a point was raised uh, in a group text I'm part of that's a bunch of legacy players uh, when we were talking about Pioneer. And someone said, you know, I, I don't, like, Modern is basically um, Legacy now. So what are, what are we going to do with Legacy? And someone says, oh, fine. It's not until they get rid of it at team formats that it's dead. Mm. And I said, it's going to be gone. Because from Wizards' perspective, you can have Pioneer, Modern, mm -hmm. and Standard in a team event. And those are three Pro Tour formats on yeah. their own. Oh, yeah. So you can have a team Pro Tour that doesn't have a format that isn't on the Pro Tour. Mm -hmm. It's literally all on the Pro Tour. Oh, yeah. So I can't imagine that there's going to be like much there that's... Like, we'll get one Legacy GP region, and there's no team events anymore. Which is weird, because team events are pretty dope. Even team limited. Yeah, uh, and I, I hope, I hope, and probably showing my age here, uh, not many of you people may remember this, but back in the day, Wizards basically said, you know, hey, you can get rid of Legacy events. We don't need them. And oh, yeah. Star City came in, and ran Legacy for everything they could. And they single-handedly kept that format afloat. Yep. That's when their buy list prices skyrocketed. All this stuff happened because they decided this is ours. We're going to take it. I hope so hard that that's what happens here. Oh, I know it would be logistical hell. But if they went back to two opens a weekend and it was modern Legacy back-to-back -back and gave those people a chance to play. Man. Well, and this. The thing is, um, or NRG is doing two-day events like that. Oh, they are? Okay, I saw the... the... N yeah, the NRG series is going back to that. And again, yeah. it is, you know, kind of a logistical nightmare. But it's, it's it was when that level of competitive magic was in its heyday. Yeah. That's when you had Legacy every weekend. You had 
four figure opens. Yeah. You didn't have 200 people showing up. You had 1,000 showing up for this. Yeah, you didn't have to target specific regions like that. Yeah, you could go anywhere and still get a decent turnout. And being able to have that is huge. Mm -hmm. And we're just not... Like, as of right now, because, again, we only have, I believe, three events uh, formats announced, and Mm -hmm. one of them is regionals, which is obviously modern. Yeah. So it's the first two star cities that are announced. So we could see Legacy. And I hope that's what happens. Yeah. But uh, it, it'll it'll be interesting to see for sure. I think that... I don't think Legacy is going to be on the block for 2020 if they have announced the locations because they're doing much more with regionalities now than they were previously and putting formats yep. in regions, right? So if they didn't announce and they wanted to just focus on Legacy, then they could hit... Uh, Indeed, they could hit Worcester, they could hit somewhere in the greater New Jersey or Baltimore area, and then go back down to Texas. And it's a very small route right now, but you could open that up a little more as these like disenfranchised legacy players start coming out of the woodworks because they're not going to be supported at Magic Fest, which means a lot of LGSs that might be hosting those events so people could play and prep won't be hosting them and putting modern in their place because there are more modern players than there are legacy players. Yeah. But a lot of that is also predicated on the fact that Pioneer actually does well. And I I think it's a it's a wide open format. We're going to see a lot of copycat decks, of course, from what was there originally. The Mythic Championship will probably be the most creative thing we'll have seen since the first modern pro tour because yeah. you know, they're working from whatever the ban list will be in about two weeks or three weeks. And they have yep. that entire card pool to work with. It might not just be all Marvels. Who knows? But it's going to be after that whether or not people support this format. And I just don't know if there's like a nostalgia factor there for people that care about like these cards and these formats because Magic does become a much easier game to play and understand than it had been in years previous in that era. A lot yeah. of the New World Order design is, uh, is in this format. You are restricted in deck design by the fact that you don't have semi-perfect mana with no true fetch lands right now. Yeah. But you do have shock land or shock lands and pain lands to do your dirty work. So there's yeah. some room to play. How creative you can be within that space is TBD. But there needs to be a desire to keep playing those cards. Do people want to keep playing Sidisi Broodmaster and Whip of Erebos? I don't know. Like the ramp deck that played six CMC Chandra into Ulamog, I played that for a bit. That was not a fun version of a ramp deck. Like I started playing Big Mana at original at Tooth and Nail, and I've been playing it since. And I can tell you that that was out of all the versions of uh, Big Mana I played, that was the worst version of that deck. You do have interesting things now, where you can basically play the ArcLight Phoenix decks in the, uh, Phoenix deck in this format. You don't have Scalding Tarn, but you have all the other pieces of that deck available to you aside from Faithless Looting. So you yeah. do have direct ports like that. There's a lot of graveyard shenanigans that you'll see in this format that you don't see in Modern because you don't have. The dredge mechanic, but you also don't have things like surgical extraction and nihil spell bomb. You have rest yeah, you in have peace. Scoos and rip and leyline. Uh, maybe a tormod script reprinting. I don't know hundred percent. It was in one of the cores. I think it was in. It was either thirteen or fourteen. So yeah. perhaps. Oh no, it is because it was in frontier. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. this goes back further. Further than frontier. Uh, so yeah, you you have crypt, and you also have uh, here 
three mana Teferi into Supreme Verdict or Oko yeah. into Supreme Verdict is probably fine. And Scape Shift and Crucible of the Worlds floating around in the format, right? So something's going to be dumb. Some lands are going to be dumb. I don't think it's going to be Field of the Dead, to be honest. It's just going to be something. You have a, a, a turn one. You have two turn one mana dorks in this format between Goose and, Lan and Lanowar Elves, which allows you to start casting five C CMC spells uh, a lot earlier than you would see normally yeah. in standard. And without Bolt to keep a lot of things <clears throat> in check, you can actually start making a Battlefield Presence early. So there's a lot of avenues you can move. I don't, like Dissecting the format isn't why we're here. We're just here to yeah. kvetch. Here, here, here to give financial advice. Uh, my advice is sell out of everything now. This format is trash. I don't know if that's good advice or not. That could just be a knee-jerk reaction, but that's I, hate it. My, I hate it. My initial reaction to this was if, uh, when it comes to cards like Dig Through Time, Treasure Cruise, Aetherworks, Marvel, Smuggler's Copter, you have about a two-week span to sit on them, to out yeah. them before you are just greedy. Yep. And before they wind up most likely being banned. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, I I agree with that. I think this is great. I think you've, outside of a few things, like pretty into the weed stuff, you've probably missed the boat on a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like I threw out about the JVP. I think Four Man of Raska is a house in this format. Yep. And I think that there is definitely a GBX mid-range deck that's good because any format where you can turn one thought sees, turn two flare, scoos, whatever. Yep. That's, turn three doesn't matter. Like I, I was You've actually removal for days. I was running laps and uh, after they announced it, and that's one of the things I was thinking about was that deck where you have uh, you have turn one thought sees or a ramp creature like Goose or Llanowar Elves into Grim Flayer, into Sylvan Advocate, into Tireless Tracker, into Siege Rhino, and like, etc. Yeah. And like, that deck just goes from there. And Hissing Quagmire is a great land. It and really you is. get Coco if you need it. Yep. Uh, which, a few weeks ago, when I picked Coco, I did not know this was a thing, but I am sure there is some Coco-based combo deck that is just going to be absurd. Oh, yeah. uh, if it's not Rally, because that wound up being four colors, which I was mistaken on when we were talking about it earlier, I honestly forgot that deck played Elvish, Visionary, and Collected Company, then it could just yeah. be uh, what was effectively Bant Collected Company, i.e. Bant Spirits with Duskwatch Recruiter and yeah. Collected Company. You know, It could be that deck. It could be an Elves deck, because you get Shaman of the pack, and I think an Elvish Arch Druid. Like, you need to look for cards that were just omnipresent, and look at that. Yeah, I, I mentioned, and that's what you're going for. Yeah, I mentioned Urborg and Mutavault. I don't know if car those cards are still around. Uh, I haven't checked on yeah. them yet today. I haven't checked on them yet either. Yeah. Uh, I know at work we sold out of Urborg, so I assume they're gone. There you go. There you uh, go. And it's interesting that like seeing global applications of this as well. Uh, so one of my associates is a vendor in Australia. And let me find the message he sent. Uh, little little international insider info. So in Australia, they sold out of Deathrite Shaman, Dig Through Time, Heart of Kirin, JVP, Mana Confluence, mm -hmm. Oath of Nyssa, Overgrown Tomb, Sahili Rai, Smuggler's Copter, Torrential Gearhulk, Treasure Cruise, and Three Mana Teferi. Yeah. Which may or may not be related. And a lot of those were hits that we were talking about in, in Discord, like early on in the day. Like, these are the cards you have to get. Yep. The one I wasn't sure on overall is Torrential Gearhulk. Fat Caster Mage seems a little too slow for this kind of format, but I understand if it's good, it's good. Uh, Search for Iskanta isn't on that list, but is criminally underpriced right now for a format like this. I, I think that's yeah. a, a hands-down banger for this format. You mentioned Supreme Verdict. 
That goes in that slot as well if you want to play control. You have a 4CMC Wrath. You're going to play it. Yeah. Especially a 4CMC Wrath that you can curve out of a three-mana Planeswalker into seems pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand why people aren't talking about 5CMC Tefri yet, but it might be because we don't have a true control deck that isn't yeah. this guy Ascendancy-based. Once we got a mon uh, not a mono blue, sorry, a blue white control deck that tops out at Teferi or six CMC Elspeth, that's probably when those go up. Um, yeah, for sure. Is it Drownyard Temple? Is that the land from Shadows of Rainestraw that you could cast from your graveyard? I think. Oh uh, yeah, is. I believe that's the one. Yeah. If it, play, yeah. Yep. Yeah, if if it is, that's one. I, um, I was thinking about uh, again running laps and um, the other one, Guy Reach Sanitarium. That's the uh, symmetrical draw. Yes, with yeah. Narset. Yeah, not necessarily with Narset. I was just thinking, about, like, what are some of the weird lands that we've seen over time that didn't see a lot of use that have interesting applications in a format that's much wider in scope than they were originally, and those two came to yeah. mind. Like, people are looking at Goggles, which is part of the ramp deck that I mentioned earlier, uh, Kozilek's Return, which is part of that. Uh, the Eldrazi are definitely pretty interesting. I don't think... Marvel. Yep. Uh, not just because of that, though, because uh, you can actually cast a 7-CMC Eldrazi eventually. You know, you don't have to worry about just spinning into Ulamog, but you do have um, the white Eldrazi, the Displacer. Yeah. And that we kn that has a track record in Standard and Modern. It does, yeah. Uh, it has a track in both. With with uh, just... Drowner. It, I was just going to say, with just Oath of the Gatewatch, I think you oh, have yeah. the infinite combo of Displacer yeah. and the blue one. Uh, yeah. Not... Uh, Drowner. Drowner of Hope. Right? Yeah. You just... Oh, uh, do you need Panharmonicon for that? Yes, you need Panharmonicon, which... Hey, there's another one. Yeah, you have two Panharmonicons. That's Wait, also... Is... The other one Panharmonicon is... Elves is legal in this format. Yes, so you can just shebang people. Ah, that's so good. I uh, love that. And the Brawl... Can, uh, the the is it Abzan or Sultai Panharmonicon creature from Core... Either one. Abzan. Yeah. No, it's Sultai. It's Sultai. Sultai. So there you go. It's Sultai White, uh, I think, has the best. I was thinking about it earlier. The ETB untapped lands from uh, M10, the those allied ones, are yeah. not mirrored in pain lands, but they are mirrored in BFZ lands, and they are mirrored in Shadows over Innistrad lands. So I think technically the allied colored non-basics have the highest concentration in this format meaning that uh the reason that jeskai black worked was because it was blue white and red black those are the, the yeah. buddy types those work <clears throat> so it would be sultai it would be not sultai it would be esper green or something like that blue yeah. white Blue, black, splash green. Yeah, it would be like Esper green would be that deck. Like That's the other way you have to start thinking about this format, is if you want to play four colors, you have to look at it from the standpoint of, in particular, those lands. The BFZ yeah. cycle, the Glacial Fortress cycle. I think we have those X3. And then the Shock lands, so that's four copies of them. And then you yeah. only have the Fast lands from Kaladesh. And the creature lands and the shock lands. Yeah, so it's a, f a four to three ratio, I believe. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Which is pretty good. It is. Uh, it, it's near one to one, but it does mean that your mana base is strongest looking at that four. 
and splashing yeah. from the three. That's yeah. why those decks worked. Uh, that's why the um, the Rally of the Ancestors deck worked as well. It's the exact same thing. It was Esper splashing green. It's it yeah. was uh, what is it? blue black uh, and Esper splashing red for uh, Jeskai black. Yeah, like. That's pretty, pretty good. It is. Uh, it'll put upward pressure on those shocks or those pain lands as well, which is nice. Yeah. Add infinitum, and then the flip walkers are pretty much all gone. JVP was the first, and then the rest of them are slowly disappearing. They all yep. saw play at some point in time. I thought Nissa would have been the next to go immediately after JVP, but then we heard they were just kind of all going naturally. The Lily's not bad. She definitely has her place, and then you have. Lily, Last Hope, Collected Brutality, K Command to go and that rounds yeah, out the green cell. Command is going to be insane now, and yep. it was already trending up. So Salamgar's Command is also a surprisingly powerful card because it's five mana, but you do just get to one eight seven any permanent on board. Yeah, Ojitai's Command was kind of crucial to any Jeskai deck. It basically was your Cryptic Command, and then you have Spell Queller as well that rounds out that shell. Yeah, just because you can't counter Abrupt Decay doesn't mean you can't quell it. So, yeah, you got that's that going for it. Sure can. Nope. And then we have one four CMC Chandra in the format, not two. The first one yeah. was too early, I believe. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's a lot to just look at in this format. And. Uh. Uh, your best MTG top eight still has all these lists. Your best bet to just comb through right now is to hit MTG top eight and start filtering based on time, and yep. look at uh, RTR into Theros standard and Theros into KTK and then KTK into SOI etc. And just move forward and try and find like these low hanging fruit that still exist that have demand outside of this format. Six yep. CMC Elspeth is basically dead outside this format except for EDH. So if you can find her on the cheap, whether it's the set or the Planeswalker deck, you're still yep. going to be fine over time. Yeah. Like, this format just has to pan out a little bit for that card to hold its price. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, we'll see. But that's that's definitely the best spot to start. And, yeah, a lot of that stuff has been gone over already. That stuff has been bought. Mm -hmm. But there's still options. And MTG Goldfish does have... don't know how good it is... Uh, the user submitted like pioneer deck lists, and they're at like sixty pages almost. Yeah, until those uh, until the leagues start closing out, and we get five O's. You know, once every few days, we'll actually start seeing some decks roll in. Yeah, like I said, right now we know it's mono Jeskai ascendancy, but eventually we should see people starting to pick up some counterplay in green black or uh, some form of burn deck, be it mono red or Boros. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not disappointed in the format, and I'm not expecting terrible innovation. I, I'm looking forward to see what people do. I just don't think this is the right time for it, and I don't think it was necessary right now. Excuse me. This definitely sounds like something that could have waited until the summer doldrums, where the game just generally kind of comes to a screeching halt, and yep. you can announce your new format there. You can start your moxes in Q4. And you can actually pair it with a supplemental product at the same time. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a much better way to go. You're still competing against yourself for that money that modern players were spending on uh, events and supplemental products. Yeah. 
at, at least it would give those players a little more time to kind of deal with things. Yeah. Like before just saying, okay, in two weeks we're going to start this new format, get wrecked. November 1st is literally the first PTQ in this format. That is. Yep. The day it starts. Yep. Good luck, have fun, don't fall in. So it's not even two weeks. Yeah, no, it is two weeks. It's literally the weekend after Halloween, so. Yeah. Yeah, uh, oh, it's actually uh, Eternal Weekend. Oh, so, cute. Yeah. At, uh, that's going to be happening on Eternal Weekend. Oh, I'm sure some people will play that at Eternal Weekend. Thrilling. Oh, yeah, definitely. Nice. nice. This is an era where we have all languages in foil, right? We're not? Yes. Okay. Yep. Good luck, everybody. <sighs> Dude, don't you wait. We're just going to get infinite moto videos from this format on CFB and Star City soon. You get to watch that great client in action. Uh, hey, that can handle a 64-person tournament better than Arena. It's true, but not when Brian Killer makes the top eight. That's true, yes. Then you have a 100% yes. chance, chance to crash and yeah. <laughs> receiving Every a very long-winded article. Yeah, that is correct. Poor BK. Oh, yeah. Said what? me just now. Uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, it, it'll be interesting, and that's uh, that's all I have to say. Yep. I'm done. I don't want to say anymore. I don't want to rant anymore. I'm just like gonna make it worse. So yeah, no, that's fine. That's we had a we had a great episode planned for our anniversary, but we're gonna put it off just to go over this because we thought it would be B and R and then move on. But no, we had the the pleasure of this announcement today. But we are gonna move on to picks and. Uh, begrudgingly, we're keeping uh, our word on these, despite the fact that they are picks for dead are formats less now. Sexy. Yeah. yeah. My pick for the week is uh, Castle Garen Brig. This card lets you cast Primeval Titan a turn early, and there are a number of ways you can go infinite with it. It yep. is fairly flat after release at a little under a dollar. I think I picked mine up for about 10 to 20 cents cheaper uh, after watching them at Star City. And the reason I got mine, and the reason this is my pick, is because if they let you to continue to play Amulet and Primeval Titan in Modern and play the format, then you should be playing either one of the, any deck that involves that card and, and, and or Amulet, and this card is a cornerstone in that deck right now. It's non-legendary. It allows you to cast Primeval Titan or uh, an Azusa and Sakura Tribald or whatever combination of creatures you need. That's an important line. One of my friends punted a, a round weekend of release because he didn't read the card fully. Woof. Yeah, it was cute. But it has immediate EDH implications, and if not found in modern, then it will continue to live out there. You know, it's no great henge. Yeah. This is just a very, like, low-hanging fruit. You should be able to pick these up in trade pretty easily. And it's just going to live on forever as a combo piece outside of yeah. modern whenever that format dies or they ban Primeval Titan. I just cut and dry it's on that. It's not dead yet. Nope. Soon. But not yet. Nope. Your Where pick. Where's mine? I Bye. think is a little more sexy overall just because... It's a much sexier card than Castle Garenbrig. Yeah. So, you know, something we kind of got away from uh, was just paying attention to, like, movements internationally and markets like that and just letting people know. So, yep. uh, turns out that 
Mox Diamond is moving overseas to the other hemisphere, to China, Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in America, it's still roughly about 230 to 250 and you can get it for that. Yes. I think, and this is less of a like, oh, pick it up, it's going to spike, because it is. It's going to probably hit, I think right now, Habaruya has them I can check at, I think, 370-ish, uh, was what it was at last I checked. And their buy list numbers have been pretty aggressive on it the last couple GPs. So Mox Diamond is moving over there. And again, this is less of a, you know, it's going to spike, you'll make money. Uh, 360 for the foil and 340 for the non. Uh, and it's more of a, if you need it, get it now. Yes. If you are thinking about playing it in anything, get it now. It's going to keep going up. Uh, in the short term, it'll probably go up another 60 to $70 over the next couple months. Yeah. Uh, it's also interesting that this movement is happening during the down season in the United States. Mm. Uh, because this is when they can get it for cheap yep. and move it over there for cheap. Mm-hmm. So if you need it, again, try to get it a little bit sooner. Uh, I don't know how much longer Legacy is going to exist. Uh, so who knows if it actually makes sense, but yeah, I think it does. That's, that's, yeah, I, uh, a lot of people don't, haven't had the opportunity to go and visit, uh, stores in Japan or have great insight into that format, but there's a very long time where power flowed across the world and you could track it, yeah. you can track it across the world and a little more would get sliced off in Japan than everywhere else. Because stores liked being stocked with power. It was uh, a symbol and usually would get mounted and framed on a wall. Not even graded, just like up on the wall, a full set of nine. Whatever edition they felt like. And it became more of a status symbol of magic is played here and we are here to stay. Yeah. And not a lot of stores in the U.S. are like that. You do have large entities that you know about that can do that, but... A lot of stores choose not to. They, they don't just want to frame money, essentially. Yeah. This is. I, I like the pick, and it's interesting because you and I came to the same conclusion on this around the same time, but for different reasons. I think you yeah. were out in an event, and I was checking the to- the price of Once Upon a Time, and I noticed that Habaruya was selling them for about uh, eighteen hundred yen. Oh no, sorry, eighteen dollars yeah. after trans after uh, the JPY conversion, which is about. 1.8 times what they were in the U.S. And yep. I mentioned that in Discord. And later that day, Once Upon a Time was sold out in the U.S. across vendors for anywhere under 12, gone. Yep. And apparently 95 uh, was buying them to ship over. And this is doing... Both of these cards are there in Japan now. They're doing something. Yeah. Either it's Legacy or they're just sitting on them. Don't know. But it's... One, one of the things that I think is most useful about MTG Finance is the ability to see stuff like this. And uh, that's, you know, where, where we're at. So wanted yeah. to give a little bit of insight to you, our viewers, mm-hmm. and throw it out there. That's, you know, that's my pick. Right, absolutely. That's where we're at. Well, despite the fact that we're going to end on a down note because a pioneer in the, the marketing wisdom that is kept over there in Watsi. I feel like I just watched my dog get shot. <laughs> I mean, we have very different viewings on this because I'm going to turn around and find money. And <laughs> Shh. 
sure that that's obviously that's going to be great, but it still feels like somebody paid me to shoot my dog. That's what it feels like. Oh yeah, like uh, I made money, but like, eh. I like I said, I get it. I just not happy about it overall. I'm not happy with the way it's done. I think it'll be good for the players. I just don't think it it's going to be do what they needed to do or what they wanted to do. Yeah. The end. Buy in now, yeah. sell out quick. Be there. Please. Oh. Anything that was played with a Delve keyword, if it hasn't already spiked, buy it. And then in two to three weeks, sell it. Sell it. Kermag Angler. Card's still great. Murderous Cut. Yeah. Also, yes. So, keep that in mind. Yeah. You know, alternate. This format's going to be run by those cards. Because yeah. they are cheap as For free. A month. Yes. But, on the way out, we are at MTG Cabalcast on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Patreon. We are still taking submissions for the UMA box. We're trying to hit 100. For as low as a dollar, you can become a patron. And Let's win an UMA box. And for good cards that are worth money that you can play in good formats. It's true. And listen to us bitch and moan all day long about shit like this. And watch me meme. Yeah, that's pretty good. I, 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 the majority of what I did today was just set up new memes in the server. It was. It was pretty great. It was a good time. <laughs> but I am at Halt. I am Reptar on Reddit and Twitter. You can be found at. I hate everything. <laughs> at on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> you, you can find me at Thirsty Sizzler. I still hate everything. <laughs> you gotta see if you can change your handle. I need to. Yes. Right. Well, that's it, guys. We'll see you next week for our anniversary episode. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>